You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. This is episode 99 of the Wisdom by Wessa show on the Horse Radio Network. This is Mike Donnell. I'm Casey Wilbanks-Coletti. And this is Sofia Yagela. Welcome to Wisdom by Wessa on the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. This podcast is brought to you by the Western and English Sales Association, WESA, which provides the world's largest trade events for retailers, manufacturers, and sales representatives of the equestrian industry. In this podcast, we feature exclusive interviews with noteworthy Western and English personalities, retailers, and exhibitors who you've always wanted to talk to. Don't miss out on all the news for manufacturers and retailers in the equine industry. Sophia, do you have any news for us at uh, WESA? Yes. So as you know, WESA is where the industry meets and the association is excited to keep growing. And that being said, we have great news to share as we're adding the 10th floor now as a third official WESA floor at the DMC. Oh, wow. So what are exactly the floors that the WESA exhibitors are on? So retailers can find the newest products on the 14th, the 11th, and the 10th floor, and then also several individual showrooms on other floors in between. So all WESA members are listed either in the WESA directory or on the WESA app, just to make it easy for everybody to locate them. Is there anything else retailers can expect on the new edition of the 10th floor? Yes, all kinds of fun. So we are going to move the social arena to the 10th floor as well. And we're currently working on adding more opportunities to have fun, to socialize, and to just network. So stay tuned. JTI International, better known in the tack world as JTI, started out as Jack's Tack back in 1973. Then, owner Jack Seavers sold store-to-store and personally delivered the orders. Today, the company ships to customers in all 50 states, and while celebrating its 50th anniversary next year, is also in the midst of a rebranding initiative. Jack joins us today to talk about all those things. Jack Seavers and Mike Sanders, welcome to the Wisdom by Wessa podcast. We're so glad you could join us here to talk about a whole bunch of things, but welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thank you. You know, this is interesting because you got all sorts of things are going on. You're going to be a 50-year-old company. You're rebranding the way you go about to the marketplace. You have an award that is going to be coming up. It's a, something I think that our listeners are going to find pretty fascinating. Uh, let's start with where you came from. Jack, I know you started the company. Give a little history of where you started to where you are now. Okay. I'm Jack Sievers. I started in the horse equipment business in 1965 when I was in high school. Worked for a company that wholesaled, retailed, some light manufacturing, and pretty much learned the business through there. And the company split up maybe in like 67. And I went with one of the family members and started our own. And we still did the wholesale and retail, but you know, everything then was leather. And I got the brilliant idea that maybe made out of nylon webbing would be less expensive and much more durable leather. So 
at that time, no products for animals were made out of webbing. So we started a company called Fitzum, Halder Company, and made everything that was made out of leather. I designed it to be made out of webbing. And of course, I had to go to the trade shows. I think they made the first one at Wessa at 1968, I believe. You know, met all the customers and had to convince them that web products were the way to go. So it took a lot. And of course, every horse person has a dog. So developed dog collars and leashes and harnesses and that kind of thing and transpired into other the cattle collars and the llama halters and so on. So that's how I got started into it. And then uh, trying to raise a family and I had to have more money. So I met a lot of people and started uh, in 1973, started my own company, which at the time was called Jack's Tack. And I once had a truck and went store to store because you know, it was all mom and pa stores back then and, you know, sold stuff right out of the back of the truck. And that's kind of how we, how I progressed. And then I figured out if I had a catalog of some sort, I could, wouldn't have to go all the way to the stores. I could just ship it out. So that was the next, uh, the, the next phase. And then it, had to have start started branding so we had the silver royal line of saddles sold lots and lots of saddles back then and and of course all the other tack that goes with it but so that's how the, the brand names and for every quality i put a different brand name to it and eventually i got real very confusing so then we settled on because uh, horse clothing is a very big product line for JT International. And so Shane Korn has been working for us as long as Mike, you know, he came up with a tough one line because he was in charge of all the horse clothing. So that's where we uh, came up with it. And it was such a good line people recognized that we started changing everything over to the Tough One brand, even though we still use Silver Oil by Tough One and and that kind of thing. So that's kind of the that's kind of the history of JT. And back in the day, all like blankets were only made out of canvas or cotton twill. And I think in 1969, there's a company that started manufacturing blankets with nylon seat cover material. Because back in the 50s and 60s and early 70s, there wasn't hardly any leather seats. It was all a nylon material, very durable, waterproof, and all that stuff. And and we use end runs of rolls. And so we had all different colors of blankets and never knew. But Shane just told me yesterday that he still got some of those blankets that are 50 years old. So... I guess the material really held up. So that's pretty much the evolution of JT International. 
Well, it sounds, it sounds very interesting. Now, you had mentioned, and you and I had talked about the fact that there's some rebranding going on, and you had just alluded to it in some of the things you discussed, but rebranding is a big project, and the retailers who are carrying the line will find this uh, very interesting and important to know. Chat a little bit about when you decided and how you decided to rebrand, but even more so what the retailer is going to see or what the retailer is going to sense as your rebranding uh, continues to take place. I'm going to let Mike take over on that. Hey. Hey, we're going to talk about branding, which you've been doing since you were eight years old. Instead, eventually I'm going to lead a rebranding in this place. Is that is that how it happened? Is there a different way to tell the story? <laughs> well, back when I was eight years old, I'm not sure I knew what I was doing. Um, <laughs> so now, talk about the re- talk about the rebranding that we're doing now. Uh, you know, our retailers, your retailers, a lot of retailers are what comprise our audience. Rebranding, I'm not certain that they'll quite know what we're talking about until we explain it to them. And so, let's kind of go through what you're rebranding and how you're rebranding it and what they may sense is different in what their customer sees, say, even a year from now. Yeah, sure. Uh, actually, back in about uh, late 90s, we were we were at our heyday of brand names. We probably had 25. They started blending and it actually started confusing customers. And like Jack mentioned, uh, one of our buyers, Shane Korn, came up with the brand name Tough One. And uh, we applied it to some stable products, uh, but it wasn't until the the uh, winter blankets we applied the the brand name to winter blankets, and uh, it quickly took off, and customers quickly realized, you know, a tough one is a quality but affordable product. We apply that brand name to to more and more. Uh, we we started eliminating the old brand names uh, to where we're down to about five brand names now. You're eliminating brand names, but not eliminating products, correct? Right. We're we're just incorporating them under the the, the Tough One brand. And yeah, so we still have the, the Silver Royal, which is our premium line. Uh, we have a Royal King line that's, uh, you know, kind of a working tack. We have a King Series line that's entry level. Uh, but by far, Tough One is our, our biggest brand, and we're going to continue to expand on that. Um you know, we love coming up with the new products. Uh, we're we're always consistently uh, improving products and, and and working on prices and resourcing items. And it's yeah, it's it's just going to continue to grow. Well, I think that's a great way to approach the future. Uh, everybody will have tough one on their tips of their tongue and know what it is and a whole bunch of new products. So I always wonder for companies that have been in business for so long with so much competition. What, what's the secret to staying relevant and just continuing to carry a product that is consistently used, you know, past, present, and continuing into the future? All right. Yeah, that's a good question. JT has always been known for coming up with uh, new products. Um, new, you know, we have uh, several uh, buyers here that are very creative, and JT is known for coming up with new new designs, new patterns. And, you know, I think you consistently have to, to keep your product fresh. You, if you, you just leave it the same, it's, it's, it's going to get stale and eventually you're going to get passed by. So that's, I think that's, that's probably our key to our, our success on that. Can you share anything that we might 
DC at the Wessa Trade Show in January? Oh, sure. Um, we've got, oh, I'm guessing probably 20 new models, uh, a lot of barrel saddles that you might like. Uh, we got some roping saddles. Um, and we actually have a brand new English line that we're going to reintroduce better quality. And I think, uh, I think it'll go over very well. Well, we're excited for that. How many years have you attended WESA? At least 20. So uh, am I safe to say a large part of um, maybe success isn't the right word, but certainly an integral part of your company is is uh, attending WESA and, and being a member of WESA? Oh, definitely. It's it's definitely beneficial because we, we find WESA is the perfect opportunity to display the, these new ideas and products that we've come up with. And we can, you know, get one-on-one customer feedback and what what everybody thinks. And, you know, you know actually, we've, we've actually taken tweaks and, and improvements from this feedback uh, from the show. So it's, it's definitely beneficial. Do you have an international market as well as uh, in the U.S., Mike? Uh, we, we still do sell internationally. We, we have some South American accounts, a couple European, Australia. It not not to the strength we used to be. Okay, because it's JT International, so I assumed we had an international footprint of some type. Yeah, definitely, and and we're always looking to grow uh, that market. But it's you know with today's uh, shipping expenses and and you know you got tariffs and duties and you know it, it makes it a l- little tough for for us to to export. But it's we we still have some of the loyal customers that that want the product, and we'll. We'll continue to do it as long as we can. I think obviously your dealers are a large part of your success, and I hear that um, you are planning some sort of celebration to celebrate your 50th anniversary. Yes, of course. Uh, at WESA, uh, January Friday, January 13th, we're going to have a 50-year celebration. We'd like to invite anybody attending the WESA show to come. We'll be sending out invitations. There'll be uh, we'll have food. We'll have open bar, live music. We just want to get get together with all the dealers that that you know that have helped contribute to all of our success. That sounds exciting. We'll turn that Friday the thirteenth into good luck and and good yeah. for the <laughs> two thousand twenty three. And you had me at open bar, so <laughs> <laughs> and a little and a little music to. Uh, uh, a little music to boot. Listen, Mike, thanks for uh, being on the show and telling us the JTI story. Uh, obviously, over 50 years, I'm sure a lot of people know of the company, know of the brand, know the products of versus the products, but we never had a chance to raise the curtain and let people look behind the scenes to see how the company came to be. Jack's enthusiasm, his entrepreneurship, his dedication, and then finding people like yourself and Shane, the gentleman you mentioned, who basically grew up in the business, know it inside out and backward. And I think that's got to be a key to how a company has longevity is a lot of people supporting, a lot of supporting cast and very important supporting cast that makes the brand grow and can assure retailers that if they work with you, you're going to be there to support them with both uh, new products and customer service. Yep. Yep. Very good. Well, we we appreciate the opportunity to be a part of this and we said, and we're just very thankful for all our, our customers and, and we look forward to continuing on. Okay. 
Mike, thanks a lot. All right. Thank you. Show notes and links for today's show can be found at wisdombywessa.com. And, of course, if you have feedback, we'd love to hear it. There is a contact link on the website. The Wisdom by Wessa show will be published on the 15th and 30th of every month. You can listen on most of your favorite podcast players, and you can also listen on the Horse Radio Network app on your iOS or Android phone. You just search Horse Radio Network in the App Store. It's free and super easy to use. Be sure to visit all the great shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Thanks for listening to the Wisdom by Wessa podcast. Wessa, where the industry meets.